Good afternoon and welcome to Auto Retail Live, our quarter three discussion. Strange, isn't it? Quarter three used to be a real biggie with the September plate change, uh, but the market at the moment, of course, still in turmoil. Turmoil is up and it's down. Today, fantastic news um, for Marshall with some great uh, first half results. Uh, interesting news from the SMMT saying we've had the best ever second quarter for the used car market. So lots of good things to do. But what's the best way to balance the challenge uh, at the moment of shortage of chips? Uh, the pandemic has been thrown in there. Uh, but of course, the bonus of used car prices uh, is helping the industry as well. Lots to talk about and a great panel here this afternoon uh, with Auto Retail Live. Uh, we welcome Catherine Fairs, the Chief Operating Officer of Auto Trader, John O'Hanlon, the CEO of Waylands, and Graham Potts, the CEO of Eden Group. So let's dive in. And Catherine, I'm going to come to you first, actually, because the market is so all over the place, uh, up and down. It would be really interesting to get perhaps a first flavour from you as to how consumers are behaving um, in a market where it's very hard to actually get hold of a new car. Hi, Al, and afternoon, everyone. So we're definitely seeing unprecedented levels of consumer demand on Autotrader. At our Q2 audience performance, we were up over 35% on the same period in 2019. So phenomenal and kind of unprecedented levels of consumer demand, driven by all of the things that have been talked about or were talked about by the SMMT this morning and that we've been talking about for a number of months, whether that's consumers looking to avoid public transport, whether that's overall confidence levels, whether that's the attractiveness of actually um, an excitement linked to a vehicle purchase when other retail categories are not perhaps available. That demand dynamic combined with some of the supply challenges that I'm sure we'll come on to talk about means that we're seeing increasing competition between consumers for vehicles. So leads per car on our new car marketplace are now at double the level that we were seeing in early 2020. And we're seeing unprecedented levels of lead and audience engagement with the with the physical stock that is there. So almost never been more opportunity for retailers from a demand perspective, but frustrating that we're all sitting there at this time faced with quite the acuteness of the supply challenges that we see in both the new car market and some of the younger used car segment as well. Okay, well, let's dive into some of the detail uh, with John and with Graham. And by the way, if you want to uh, send us a question or make a comment, it's really easy. Uh, just pop your question into the chat and it will come through to uh, the studio and Tristan um, will send it through to join the conversation. Uh, you can also, by the way, use the hashtag ARNLive if you're following us uh, and using Twitter. Uh, John O'Hanlon, um, it's great to see you back. Uh, normally, rather than a mask on your face, we normally see you with a hard hat because you can, seem to keep buying new premises and building new. So it's good times at the moment, but how are you managing with limited supply? It's um, It's been phenomenal, to tell you the truth, Al. I've never worked in uh, a market like it. You know, we obviously, we came through the, the worst of COVID. We dust ourselves off. And then to get hit with the supply issues, you know, has been challenging. Um, you know, against that background, I think we've been, as a sector, fairly well supported. And that's allowed us at Wayland's to make the decisions we made, um, whether that was in terms of further uh, investment, 
in and around our, our, our properties. Um, so we pull forward uh, Newbury uh, in terms of its refurb. We've, um, we're almost complete on Bristol, uh, Volvo, and we open that um, Monday 23rd. But we've also kept motoring on with uh, Swindon, um, in addition to the investments that we're making with Kia uh, and Reading, just along the road from Graham, and um, MG in Oxford. So it's been an incredibly busy time, an incredibly challenging time. It has been profitable. Um, you know, and that's, you know, the looking at some of the numbers coming out of the, the PLCs, you know, um, NGK, the Lookers, and of course Marshalls today, you know, these have been incredible numbers, absolutely incredible numbers. And again, we benefited from a lot of the tailwinds um, that all our sectors uh, have been enjoying. So let, let's have a look at the detail. It, it is it is good times financially, but you've got a shortage of vehicles. So so you um, represent uh, Kia MG and Volvo. So what are the brands telling you about supply? Is supply coming through and there's good news coming? What are you hearing? I think it's really it's really difficult, um, and I don't often feel sympathy for our, our brand partners in terms of what they do for what what is their job. Their job is to make them. Our job is to sell them. But it's been incredibly difficult. You know, the wave of demand for semiconductors at the time when the supply was strangled, you know, has given them a unique set of challenges. And I think we've got to applaud the fact that they've maintained some supply throughout. You know, at a time when some some other key customers for those semiconductors have been, you know, more demanding, you know, whether televisions or, or phones, whatever it's been. Um, so now in terms of the picture, the picture changes from week to week, even from day to day. And I think people are expecting it to improve in Q4, but it's going to get bumpy for September. And of course, September is such an important month, whether it be our marketing, whether it be our customers, we pin a lot of our budgets and uh, you know our year's um, results in and around March and September. Graham, from from your perspective, um, a slightly different. You've got some overlap in in MG, but slightly different portfolio there with um, Fiat, Hyundai, Mazda, Peugeot, Suzuki, and Vauxhall, as well as MG. What's the view? Is it similar to John, or are there any differences in the spread of brands that you're working with? Yes, well. Uh, good afternoon, Al. Good afternoon, everybody. Yes, it's a very similar situation. There is um, a shortage of new vehicles from almost all own brands. It started with premium brands, and I think it's washed its way through to most brands in most markets. Um, but I, I would have a slightly different perspective uh, than on, on some of the public commentators, and, and to be fair, slightly with, with John as well. Um, we're an industry that has been characterized for years and years with oversupply, too many cars for too few customers. And so as a retailer, whilst we don't want dramatic shortage to continue, a degree of correction where there is demand slightly outstripping supply, providing it doesn't go on for ages, is actually good for us as retailers. Now, I know we're likely to talk about customer dissatisfaction, and I don't make light of that. But as a pure retail operation, where you've got more demand than supply, it leads to positive in improvement in margin and pricing. And I think that that is something that we can tolerate for a short while. 
What does that mean, though, in terms of managing uh, a customer uh, expectation? Because a customer comes in to buy the vehicle, you haven't physically got a vehicle. How do you carry on making money when you can't supply the car? Well, um, we, we, we do have vehicles, and I think most of my peer group have vehicles as well. It's interesting, Catherine's comments, uh, response to your first question, I think uh, were very, very illustrative. That whilst there is a shortage of new cars, and used car prices have increased, um, certainly we would be benefiting from a reasonable cover of used vehicles and new vehicles in aggregate against our expectations. Uh, stock turn is increasing, prices are increasing, um, but we are not at the moment offering tarmac to customers. We're able to offer cars. And I think most of our peer group are in a similar situation. And self-help in this um, will, will benefit us, provided we're focusing very much on our current database and maximizing part exchange opportunities. You're watching Auto Retail Live. We're looking at the quarter three opportunity, August, uh, July, August, September. Um, normally a bumper month challenge this time. Comments and questions, please feel free to uh, join in the conversation, send them through to us, uh, and we'll share them and discuss them with the panel. Uh, Catherine, I'm going to pick up, uh, as Graham has said there, on, on this issue of, 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 of customers moving from one to another. Now, you obviously deal with new and used across auto trader are you seeing any behaviors where if somebody can't find a new uh, car of one particular type i don't know a volvo xc40 or something they go and look at something else or, or are they swapping for a used xc40 instead so just to kind of frame what we're seeing in terms of new and used car demand overall we're not seeing any big differences in consumer demand between the two it's very very strong about across both our new car marketplace and our used car marketplace. And we've always talked about the fact that actually two thirds of buyers have typically been in market and are open-minded actually about whether they buy new or they buy used. And we're very much seeing that replicated in the more recent research and the behaviors we're seeing on site. So mm. our latest research suggests that two thirds to so 66% of new car buyers are prepared to wait up to two months for that new car if availability isn't there. But equally, they are very comfortable. Um, three quarters, in fact, are telling us they're comfortable buying a used car instead if that new car isn't available within those wait times. So I think for, for retailers, as Graham just outlined, like demand is there, consumers. You know, we had 1.7 million lost transactions during the pandemic that are still to catch up. That demand is going to be there for some time to come. And even if the supply side was more robust than we're seeing today, I think we would probably still be in a situation where demand was outstripping supply. So this feels like the new normal for a period of time to come. So for retailers, I think the challenge then becomes how do you convert or take an inbound inquiry from a consumer and how do you deliver the best possible consumer experience you can to understand what that consumer needs are, what they're looking for, and get them into the best possible vehicle for them based on the stock that you have available, which might be the new car that they were looking for, but with a wait period or might be an equivalent um, alternative new car that is in stock or potentially a used car as well. So I think it's, it's, it's probably harder work and a bit more of a journey that we need to take consumers on, but arguably 
an opportunity for retailers to add more value in the buying journey because of this demand supply dynamic that we're seeing at the moment. And is there any split between, uh, I don't know, premium and volume or between segments or is it across the board? So from the supply that we're seeing on our platform, so we have just over 2,000 franchise retailers advertising on Autotrader, our new car market. So it should be, we think it's pretty representative of the market overall. We're definitely seeing um, a bigger supply challenge amongst the premium brands than some of the volume brands. And we're also seeing... Um, more acute supply challenges for ICE vehicles over EVs. We assume this is partly driven by um, the European legislation around um, the penalties for not um, hitting those EV EV targets. And But overall, we're still seeing a situation that feels um, pretty uncertain, actually, with quite big movements um, week on week and often quite significant updates coming from the manufacturers on a real-time basis as they learn more about where and when there might be some supply availability so there's a market of opportunity here if it's not for new and it's not for used uh john john handland what what about these targets uh, you know retail is driven by targets internal and also um from the brands do you still have big targets for september or, or is that all kind of yesterday's news and the markets evolved no no we still have targets for september and i think it's um it is quite difficult because it's not that um, we're one car short of the of of demand. You know, demand is so strong at the moment. I think that's why we're seeing the unique pressures that we're seeing within it. But just to return to your point on targets, um, no, we are. I think the, the manufacturers are looking. There still is um, enough stock on the ground that if every single um, car was sold on the ground or is due to arrive before the end of the quarter, then potentially you could hit targets. But that very rarely happens because some of the cars on the ground are not the cars that people want to buy. You know, So for Volvo, XC40 is a car that's hugely in demand um, as compared to maybe an S90, for example, which has a following but not the same levels of demand. So I think that will be something that will um, evolve over the next um, few weeks as we begin to actually see a little bit more whether or not the cars we have ordered that we are expecting to arrive in September actually arrive in September. Graham, not a man to mince his words. Um, I should imagine there's some probably lively conversations between uh, Eden Group and some of the brands you represent if, if, if the targets remain the same. Uh, always polite and always very professional, but, uh, but yes, um, there, there is... Clearly, there's a shared agenda, and that is that we'd, as retailers and manufacturers, like to sell as many cars as possible. However, we do have the alternative, as Catherine has alluded to, of pointing a customer to a product that is suitable for their needs, possibly even higher specification than the new car that they would be uh, initially looking for from the nearly new on the used car market. So turning to the, the thing about September targets, there is clearly a little bit of creative tension between OEMs who are still trying to maximise their sales with the product shortage, and the mix of availability is, is crucial. Um, Catherine's alluded to the EV to ICE uh, split, and there is relatively better availability in AFVs than ICE vehicles for the reasons that we, we all understand. Um, I think John's point is a very good one. 
that as we go further into this quarter and the market stalls for now to do, not demand, but market will because of availability, there will have to be some accommodation. There are beginnings of discussions around valuing orders as well as deliveries in the period, for example, which makes common sense. Um, you know, it, it will not do us any harm if the industry in total gets a little bit more accustomed to forward orders, provided they're within a timescale that is acceptable and anticipated by the customer. And so that, that remodeling of our industry that may become permanent will be a good thing, but the transition is going to be very challenging. You're watching the Auto oh. Retail Live Quarter 3 briefing. Um, great to have John and Catherine and Graham with us today to go through some of the practical aspects of it. Uh, if you have a comment or a question, uh, we're gathering them and we'll start working through some of those questions um, in the next few minutes. John, the point that Graham made there about um, thinking about how you incentivize sales um, must, I suppose, reflect for you as well. Because if you are still being targeted on hmm. units that maybe are not or, or delayed in coming, how do you incentivize your sales team um, to keep going if they know they can't get access to that metal to make their salary? I think this was something with Volvo that we recognized um, and maybe we were ahead of the curve more because the level of success that Volvo has been enjoying, you know, stock has been tighter um, from much earlier. Um, and that was more driven just by the success of the product, rather the, the demand for the product, rather than the lack of supply. Um, so we we were faced with those challenges uh, March into into April. And what we did was we made a little tweak to the salesman's package, whereby we took off the delivery of new cars in the month to order take to get them onto um, a, a further up banding. And with the profitability that we're enjoying on the cars at the moment, that then allowed them to not only earn the same, but actually earn more. But at the same time, it meant there wasn't the pressure on our new car margins. We've only got, we are probably 70, 75% down on new stock uh, within Volvo. Um, and therefore, every, every one of those cars, we need to ensure that we make the most margin we can from. So... By doing that, I took the pressure off the salesman coming in to the manager and saying, look, I need to sell it to get to mine. You know, I've got bills to pay at home as well. I need to do that. So it worked well. It was well received. And it's still working. We've maintained it um, all the way through until today. The, only if I could just circle back for two seconds, the one other thing just between switching between new and used, obviously the nearly new for us has been strangled as well because there's not been those short-term rental, the fleet, the change of the manufacturer's own cars hasn't been happening. So you've got less new, less nearly new, and a lot more demand. So that's having having an impact as well. Lots of challenges mean, means lots of opportunities. Um, Graham, in, in terms of the mix of, of vehicles that you're getting through across a, a, a range of, of brands, are you seeing it uniformly across that or are variants within these uh, particular brands coming forward and, and how do you manage that with your with your staff um yeah there are a number of things in there Al. Uh, there, there are differences in the customer's expectation of having to place an order and wait for it that are pre-existing john's been alluding uh, to, to his extensive experience of volvo we've got um a, a mix of brands, some of which have been pretty much 
instantaneous availability for a number of years. And so that transition is new for us and new for the customer. And therefore, the tolerance and the time period that customers will wait for a factory order is going to disproportionately less. Um, I think there's also a factor we should bring into account, which is PCP terminations, because that is absolutely de rigueur in the new car market and an increasing proportion of used. Then there are technical reasons why many customers will be looking to replace their car. Yes, a proportion roll over and do an extension of their PCP, but the, in my experience, the vast majority want to change their car at the end of their primary PCP period. Uh, and consequently, the consideration and the willingness to have a used vehicle or an alternative brand is strengthened. And, and so to go back to your key point about incentive, up to now, we've been able to offer customers cars, and, and we're perhaps not in the exalted heights of the, uh, of, of the Volvo franchise that, that, that in all seriousness has got a very strong and established following and a, and a slightly different business model. Um, we have been able to satisfy the needs for the vast majority of our customers through the range of what we have available. It is getting more difficult and we are looking at new models to make sure we don't disincentivize our colleagues who are selling and or the customer. So we're looking for the, uh, the, the right balance between the two. It's the quarter three briefing from the Auto Retail Network, uh, looking at uh, keeping the market going, making money and managing supply. We've talked a lot about new there. Um, Catherine, let's let's turn to the used market uh, and start that because that's clearly been um, a godsend with values going up um, and the market being strong. Um, wh what are you seeing in terms of stock levels, given that you're probably one of the biggest uh, holders or not physical, but virtual stock in the UK? So we're seeing um, stock on used um, being much more robust than on new. So actually for vehicles five years and older, we're seeing year on year stock growth on our platform. So stock volumes on Autotrader are up in those um, older age cohort of vehicles. Three to five year old vehicles are down, but down single digit percentages, nowhere near some of the movement we're talking about in the new and nearly new. But yeah, sub one year and that one to three year category, we're now many of those one to three year old vehicles were new cars that were impacted by production shutdowns in the early lockdowns in 2020. So we're now seeing the impact of two or three years of um, a weaker new car market play through into used stock volumes. Definitely, I mean, with that supply backdrop, however, for retailers, actually, we're seeing a combination of used car pricing growth. July um, was record again, and broke another record up 14% um, year on year. That I think marks something like 20 odd months now of consistent year on year, very strong pricing growth. We're seeing days to sell at 24 days, which again is unheard of. And we're seeing margin from the analysis we do of trade versus retail whilst trade prices are increasing, retail prices are absolutely now have caught up and continue to catch up. We have seen really proactive behavior from retailers in thinking about pricing differently, pricing more frequently, pricing to market from day one, which is helping to ensure that 
the retail prices that we're playing back through our platform are 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 very much live and and reflect that current market dynamics. So for retailers, while supply side is is challenging, particularly in those younger vehicles, between pricing days to sell and very strong performance of the vehicles that are there, actually, it's creating a backdrop of uh, what I would consider to be a pretty strong uh, trading environment with with good volumes, um, good margins, and um, attractive days to sell performance. Just lots of strong news there in terms of uh, opportunity. John, uh, Catherine referenced their older vehicles. Um, wh where are you getting stock? And are you having to take uh, vehicles that perhaps you might not have previously considered before to uh, to keep the business moving? I mean, I think it's, it's certainly been a challenge um, sourcing vehicles. Um, I, I love that we're not selling tarmac from Graham. We've got a little bit more tarmac out there. Um, it's more like when you've got a manufacturer's audit in terms of our display at the moment. Um, you know, lovely, <laughs> lovely herringbone uh, displays on the way through. Um, so we've we've had to think outside the box. Yeah, we have been more aggressive round about par exchanges. Um, and I think again. Having some of the tools that AutoTrader provide has been really helpful for that and understanding, you know, if we're going to use CAP, we use CAP Live, not not existing book. We've actually been spending a lot of time on AutoTrader, going back to some of those basics of finding private customers who are retailing an AutoTrader and actually going and sourcing their vehicles. Um, it does come with a few health warnings. There, there's more squeaks, rattles and, and issues on those cars. Um, but if you want to buy them, you've got to have a slick process in place. You make the offer, you go and get it. Um, with, you know, looking at the options, I think there's the, a little bit of adjusting to the pricing. And that's taking a little bit because it was a shock to the system for our guys who are buying the cars to actually see that, hold on, that's a £1,000 more than it was last week. Should I be paying that? Can I then retail it for, you know, um, a, a, a price that gives us a bit of margin within that? So you've had a number of different challenges um, that's made it has made it more difficult. But the boys have responded incredibly well. You know, they've kept the the four courts as full as possible, um, and that's been been great. You know, as we went into Kia, almost the early warning from Volvo was incredible incredibly helpful for us. So we kept overstocked with, with Kia and that's helped, you know, maintain our sales volumes uh, in that franchise. So I guess, you know, we're we're learning from some of our our, our, um, our experience as we've been going through. John, I'm going to ask you to have a gaze into that uh, crystal ball because the ultimate question is coming from Mike Cromer from Barrett's. Good afternoon, Mike. Uh, when do you expect used car values to start dropping? <laughs> um, in the short term, I don't. Um, you, to take the point, customer demand is strong, so we'd need a demand shock for that to occur. And unless there's some really bad news around about COVID, um, then that feels like demand will confidence remain strong. In terms of supply, um, you're new and nearly new. I can't see anything changing. Um, you know, I think it's Dern Martin from CAP keeps using the term, you know, summer of strength. So that sees us through um, into October, into Q4. And I think it's just incumbent upon us not to panic if we have a week of week. And we had that. A couple of weeks ago, we had a little wobble when demand slowed down. But whether it was the Euros, whether it was the hot weather, whether it was some holidays kicking in, 
it doesn't matter. We've just got to remain close to the numbers, close to the data, and use it effectively. Um, so I think, was that a long way of saying I am not sure? <laughs> it was very diplomatic, but I'd expect nothing less, to be honest with you, uh, John. So thank you. No, uh, Graham, Rupert Saunders. Um, hi, Rupert. He wants to know how you're coping, uh, not you specifically, but retailers in general, with the ever-rising cost of used wholesales. Um, that is, and I talk to you as a retailer, and um, we operate in a buy and sell market, and therefore used car wholesale price going up is because of relative demand to supply. And therefore, the um, only consideration is, and John just touched on it, is where is the retail price going to? And there are a number of dynamics at play in, at, at, at the moment. The, the very strong consumer demand that is there because of pent up, because of the 1.7 million transactions that we lost during COVID lockdown, added to the increase in cars per household because 11% um, of customers are saying that they used to use public transport to go to their place of work and will now want to use a private vehicle. So there's that dimension bolstering demand as well. So unless the market is incorrect, an increased wholesale price will be matched by an increased retail price. And that's exactly what's happening at the moment. So without being usurious, the fact of the matter is, as a retailer, providing we get a maintained margin, that is not a bad thing for us. Usurious. I know I won't say greedy, but you're absolutely right. If there's an opportunity, that is your job to, to buy and to sell. Does it mean that the consumer is accepting the price or are they still trying or able to negotiate? Or is the market so strong there is no negotiation? Um, it, it's a little bit of all of those things. But bear in mind that an increasing proportion of used vehicles are sold with PCP. In other words, there is a residual payment built into the contract. And those residual values are reflecting the strength of the wholesale pricing. Consequently, the increase in PCP payment that the consumer is incurring is not actually directly proportionate to the increase in the price of the car. There is a, there's a discount factor that's associated with the strengthening guaranteed future value. Having said that, um, the, and I'm going to be a bit of an apologist for the motor sector here, of household income that's taking to purchase a car is still at historic lows and therefore I don't think we should worry too much about whether we are outpricing ourselves we're most certainly not and the final factor I'd point to is that because uh, Catherine has reminded us a couple of times about the strength of EV, BEV and FEV um, promotion by manufacturers and the pricing that is very optically in the marketplace to consumers, it's making used cars, even at the price increases that we've seen year on year, appear relatively affordable to consumer, consumers. Hence, there's that further reinforcement of demand. Do you think do you think customers understand? So there's a question actually uh, that's come in about uh, do, do customers actually understand the chip shortage? Now, that's not sort of patronizing or rude or anything about a consumer. But do you think they really get it and, and, and they understand and it's easy to explain to them what's going on? Uh, personally, I think that customers who are active in the new car market um, are probably doing a fair amount of research and they will see from that 
if they if they go into any comment sections on platforms when they're looking to see what new car they'd want I think they'd be generally aware, but I think it's a it seems a very microcosmic reason for a global vehicle uh, shortage. But I, I think I think most do. But what's definitely uh, differentiated is the customer's tolerance of the weight. Some people will say several months is okay. Other customers are looking for a much more quick uh, early early stage transaction and therefore will go to an alternative route, either another manufacturer for a new car or a, a used vehicle. John, I guess that's something, as, as Graham alluded to, Volvo, a slightly different market position. Perhaps people prepared to wait, but are you having to um, change the way that you're engaging um, with, with customers mm -hmm. as a result of this? I mean, we're, we've been spending quite a lot of our time looking at where our inquiries come from and how best to handle them. And that's been incredibly revealing, especially on digital, um, you, you know, how we deal with live chats and just just generally, you know, really sh trying to sharpen up our approach to every inquiry. I think the point that you're, you're, you're gently, gently asking about is how do we maintain that relationship with a customer um, throughout the period from when they order a car to when it's delivered. And I think that's about our communication and that's about having the systems in place that allows us, forces us to actually actively communicate so that we haven't forgotten that customer, whether it be two months, three months, four months, uh, while they're waiting on the car. So that's, again, another area where we've worked quite hard to ensure that it feels personal, but it is systematic in terms of how we're contacting each of those customers who have a car. The other challenge is for the customers who haven't quite bought yet and trying to maintain with them um, so those prospects that might not be there and it might be a little bit price, it might be they just haven't made a decision, but that seems to be taking a little bit longer as well. And, you know, we're not delivering as many cars, so let's make sure that we're using that time to stay in contact with customers who have ordered cars and with prospects who aren't there yet. And, and how do you manage the communication with a customer who's seeing prices uh, rise? I mean, you know, customers who are not in the market every day as you are uh, are used to seeing smaller amounts of money being yes. given back for their car rather than more. I think that might be us um, almost re-engineering how the customer thinks. You know, there are some customers who have been in the market for three months. Um, there's other customers who haven't, and the price that they're seeing is the price of a car. And I think that's where we should, you know, the point Graham's making is this could be a monthly payment and the monthly payment might not have altered despite the fact and we've seen that over the last few years um, it can be masked by um, PCP but also if you come into the market and if it takes you six to eight weeks the price hasn't moved quite so radically um, as 14% it might have moved a couple of percent and you know it's only been a handful of customers who have actually challenged us back but, you know, we've been robust. You know, that car was an offer, £1,000 less. You never put the deposit on it, sir. It's now £1,000 more expensive. So you have, you, you can have a conversation, but usually if they've been in the market and if they've been seriously talking about it, they probably would buy that car today. 
You're watching oh, the Auto Retail Live quarter three briefing um, against a, a, a remarkably positive backdrop. Um, Graham, at the moment, of course, people in, in retail are making money. What are you doing with all that money? Are you, are you, are you handing it back to shareholders or are you using it to invest or, or paying people more? Um, I'll, I take that comment in the humorous spirit that it's made. Um, we have had some uh, very, very difficult times. Uh, but in, sh in short term, month by month, we're now back into, uh, into making a profit, which is tremendous. Um, we are doing a number of things. Uh, John mentioned uh, one or two capital programs. We have just completed a capital program that was put on hold to dual franchise in Reading. But we have also um, given salary uh, increase awards to our non-commissioned um, colleagues in the company. We're increasing our company contribution towards their pension scheme and we're just launching or about to launch uh, a college per, per, uh, purchasing benefits club um, we are determined to give additional benefits to our colleagues because it's been a very difficult 18 months many have been on furlough there hasn't been the flexibility in earnings and so i'm delighted that we at eden are focusing on enriching the package for our colleagues that's been on hold for far too long and, and how do you how do you go about remunerating in this time where we talked at the start of the discussion there about um, sales being based on a commission based on sales? Um, that's not possible, but you do need to incentivize as 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 the the revenue is going up. Yes, well, we might be uh, in in a club of one here, but up until now we've been able to maintain our vehicle sales volumes. Um, I think it's quite easy to get overly carried away by the new car market. Um, we need to remember that the total vehicle park in the UK is not far short of 40 million vehicles. And when you take into account the improved longevity and durability of motor cars, um, again, Catherine's point a little earlier, referencing the demand and volume of over five-year-old vehicles on their platform is an opportunity in the marketplace. And it's reinforcing a trend that's been in place for a number of years, which is consumers' preference to deal with franchised retailers if there is an affordability and a convenience and a service factor. And, um, and so I've got to be honest, Al, um, I'm seeing growing used car volumes and further penetration into the average age of cars as an opportunity to maintain volumes. Uh, yes, I completely agree that the people in our team who are responsible for buying vehicles are swimming the channel every day. They are really, really performing brilliantly to keep us um, with stock. However, the new normal is for us as retailers to stay very, very close to our clients and particularly those who are within sight of terminating PCP and making sure that we are maximizing part exchanges. I'll give you an example. Um, 12, sorry, two years ago, I'll ignore last year, two years ago, our typical transaction would give 40% retailable part exchange ratio. And now we're up to about 64%. And so that's because we can retail cars because of their durability and longevity. Uh, and, and frankly, we are focusing on making sure we get part exchanges with a higher proportion of our original sales. 
You've been watching the quarter three briefing from the Auto Retail Network. A great conversation this afternoon. Um, we've covered a lot of subjects, but our time is uh, is nearly up. Uh, leaves me uh, with one quick trot around the table to pick up some tips. I think I'd like to start with Catherine um, as we think ahead and we've got September in our sights. What would your takeaway be today? Um, so I think it's probably two two for me. I think as we saw um, in earlier in lockdowns, um, retailers that are prepared to change, to be brave, to think a bit differently, I think are those that in this ever-changing market are going to be those that succeed. And at, at the moment, um, the big opportunity for us, I think, is thinking differently around lead management and how you manage um, and handhold consumers through that journey, whether that's inbound lead inquiries, whether that's the Part X journey, or whether that's conquesting into the PCP base. I think taking longer to understand consumers' needs, what they're looking to get from the car buying journey is going to mean that retailers will be able to maximise the used or the new car opportunities that are there. And secondly, in looking a bit further out beyond um, September, I think encouraging, we're certainly internally energising auto trader around EVs. And I think it's a great opportunity for retailers to start to do that too. It's all the manufacturers are talking about in the media. And we know now that one in seven of our audience on Autotrader are looking at EVs. And so the intent and the demand is there and is growing and feels a bit unstoppable. So the earlier we all get our heads around it, I think the better. Catherine, uh, CEO of Autotrader, thank you. John O'Hanlon, CEO of Waylands, what's your tip? Uh, always bring a dictionary when you come on to a webcast with um, with Graham. You're serious. What a word. Well done. Um, not to laugh too hard when, when Al asks what you're doing with all the money. Um, I think it's to remain strong. Absolutely remain strong. You know, we've got less supply. We will have less supply of our bread and butter. Um, and so remain strong. Don't panic. Um, make sure you're earning the profits from each and every one of those cars and treasure every inquiry, like we always do, you know, those basics of motor retailing. Graham Potts, CEO of Eden Group. What's your final tip, Graham? Uh, mine's quite simple. Um, throw away the guides and coach sales leaders to be absolutely up to speed with what retail values for their products are and work backwards to work out what you can afford to pay for that car in the wholesale marketplace. It's the only way to guarantee that there is a reasonable vehicle supply and we're not offering tarmac to our customers. Graham, Catherine and John, thank you very much for being uh, panellists. Thank you for joining us uh, this afternoon for the uh, quarter three briefing. Uh, if you or your colleagues uh, didn't get a chance to see this in full, uh, it will be available on CapTure. And on behalf of Tristan uh, in the studio uh, and Guy behind the controls, we will join you for the quarter, three, quarter four briefing uh, as we look ahead to Christmas in a couple of months' time. Have a good day in the showroom.